Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. Uh, it's actually the first one of March, which is also the last month of the first quarter, which sounds incredible saying that out loud, just how quickly this year has gone so far, even though January felt like a year in itself. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? Very well, thank you, Sam. Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. How's, uh, how's have you been since we last spoke? like six hours ago or whatever it was it feels like that doesn't it we a lot of podcasts at the minute um i'm very well it's very rainy here in sydney at the moment we have lots of floods across australia so sending all my best wishes to everyone everywhere because uh it's pretty bad uh here so we go from one scale to the other it's either 45 degrees or it's it's flooding so no in between very extreme very extreme well i guess we can talk about the the special guests that we have we've had on the podcast we've we, we um we'll release them over the next sort of few weeks so on on monday coming up for our listeners we've got the um the pomp and yoni episode which will be released and uh we had natalie brunel last night josh which was a good one yep absolutely yeah both obviously two huge bitcoin advocates and we really sort of break down uh bitcoin in a bit more depth you know why these guys love it and, and why they see it as sort of you know the the crypto asset that's going to lead over the next sort of 10 15 years yeah my favorite comment from from last night's episode which we'll release in a few weeks was bitcoin is the exit strategy i loved it i've got it written down in front of me still uh, and we also had a really good one for anyone who's interested in lithium prices uh, with simon moore so that will be introduced to our audience very shortly uh just while i've got your attention everyone please do uh rate us if you can it helps us to get these kind of guests on so continue to do that please um stop what you're doing right now and do it um it would be amazing for us if it's a good rating of course uh on the podcast this week uh, as always regardless of the special episodes we will do one that we release every wednesday uh talking about the three sort of main topics but on the podcast this week It'd be good to get your thoughts, Josh, on, on crypto, which is, is fascinating me really this week. We, we saw really big gains to start um, this week without maybe seeing that elsewhere in, in other riskier assets. We can also talk about the geopolitical situation, oil, and also maybe look at how previous geopolitical events in history can help put us in a bit more perspective going forward. Uh, and then to wrap up, uh, as I mentioned, we, we just started March. It'd be good to to get a view of, of what to expect. I know that's quite hard at the moment, predicting the future, but we can go through some of March's key events. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure we'll be able to, to give too, in, too much insight as to where this market's going at the moment, but we can certainly try. So, Yeah, I mean, look, we'll probably have to do our, um, our end-of-year predictions soon. And, and honestly, that feels like a gamble at the moment. I did a webinar on Monday, or no, Tuesday, and I was saying to people, I was talking... In this webinar, we, we go through US equities to begin with. And I said to people, does anyone feel like we've seen the loan out or, or or do you just don't know? And everyone was like, honestly, I'm just not sure. I really do not know at the moment. And that's how I feel right now. I feel overall underlying fundamentals are good. 
but 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 short term i honestly don't have a clue through the market right now um it's going to be tricky um but on the top billing this week go on What's interesting, sorry to jump in, Sam, is the you know we, we spoke a lot as well recently about sort of what's priced in, what's not. You know, go back two three weeks ago, it was fifty basis points, you know, pretty much guaranteed. Right? I think we were seventy eighty points. Had a look today at the CME uh, Fed ninety something, isn't it? Yeah, but also a no rate hike is now at five percent. Is it really? Do you know what I was? I was wondering that the other day. I wonder if that is going to go from a one hundred priced in to not that is. And I tell you what, what we two weeks and a bit out two weeks today that's not wow. good though i don't think i think that goes the other way i think that goes i don't think that's bullish right i think that no goes no the other way so yeah interesting wow okay well predicting the future just got a little bit harder for russell um the top billing this week is is crypto so as i mentioned i just had a webinar on tuesday well also this webinar i asked people why they believed bitcoin had risen double digits at the time it was uh, over the sort of the couple of days while other similar risk assets us equities you know the s p the nasdaq the dax the FTSE, uh, other currency pairs had hardly risen at all so the most common answers were ukraine crypto donations crypto related platforms saying they wouldn't freeze accounts um and also russian buying so what are your thoughts on that agree disagree partially agree yeah, partially agree. I think it all adds in to it. I think it all is a big part of that. I think, you know, the most important part here for me is I think we've seen this over the last couple of weeks that you know, crypto is really helping people in need. Um, look, the situation is, is obviously tra- tragic and obviously, as I said, the thoughts and prayers sort of go out to everyone affected by it. But what we're seeing is that crypto's use cases are sort of shining through. We're seeing that if banks are closed, local currencies fall in value. Citizens have got access to capital through crypto. Um you know, I think Natalie mentioned it last night, didn't she, on the on mm. the podcast we had with her. You're not going to carry your gold across the border. You're not going to carry your US dollars with you because you're probably going to lose it to bribes. You know, so you don't want cash. You don't want other assets. You want something that's digital and that has value. Um, you know, and that's crypto. That allows people to have that, you know, cap- that store capital safely in times of uncertainty, right? Um, all you've got to do is have your little sort of your, your ledger code in your head and, and you're away with it. You know? So I think, yeah, the, the, the reasons mentioned above, I think are certainly why we have started to see that rally um, because people are getting access to, to capital quickly. Um, but I, and I think that helps legitimize um, crypto as an asset on a global scale. So I think I mentioned that as, as an asset, but actually it's a real life use case. So, you know, citizens and people are seeing how you know just people in general they're seeing the the power of crypto like never before we're seeing it in a real life instance you know the last three years we've really only sort of really discussed it in the sense of okay it's volatile it goes up 100 percent. it does this it does that we talk about use cases well this is it it was shining through with a real life use case and how it can help so many people and ultimately main goal changing the financial system and that's exactly what it's doing um, it's not just an investment class. We don't just buy it for it to go up and down in value. It has this real life sort of use case, right? Um, you know, and amongst all of that as well, we've also seen eBay in the last sort of few days said that they will add uh, payment options for Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I think actually that's sort of really gone under the radar given everything else, but I think that's fundamentally huge. Um, one of the biggest sort of marketplaces in the world, one of the most well-known marketplaces, Um 
now accepting Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, yeah, that's massive. Massive. Um, so, um, so that's all in there. And then, you know, again, with all obviously the, um, the, the buying that we're seeing from obviously Russia, um, we're seeing demand obviously continuing to increase. I saw discussions on Twitter that some Russian citizens were, were just paying well above its current price just in order to get their hands on the asset to be able to travel across borders, etc. You know, we're seeing supplies on exchanges continuing to drop. They're about a three and a half year low, you know, demand increasing, supply dropping, you know, that old age. Um, and you know trading volumes are increasing so you know retail investors are jumping in um realizing again these use cases realizing you know what's sort of playing out and we've seen some of the highest levels across exchanges since sort of december um so yeah all of that sort of coupled together um i think is sort of added to, to what we've sort of seen in this recent price rally but just to sort of take the other side of it as well you know negative nancy maybe but you know I, I wouldn't want to get too excited just yet you know i wouldn't want to get really ahead of ourselves you know i still think we've got a little bit of pressure to come on crypto um we've still got a lot to come in march which we'll touch on in a minute you know we, we spoke about the fed there we've got inflation we've got these geopolitics raging on it's still a risk asset after all um but it's going to support the bulls. You know, the bulls are, you know, clearly in a much better position now than, you know, whenever we're under that 40K level, it, you know, you start to, that fear starts to come in. But above 40K, it's 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 uh, it's positive for the BTC bulls, no doubt. Yeah, massive line in the sand. Massive line in the sand. And, and on the flip side, you know, um, as you mentioned there, below 40K, it's a different story. Above 45K, which is just struggling to do at the moment, I think is, uh, is a real positive. Um, you mentioned there with eBay and... Um, I was on, um, on on Twitter yesterday, and if anyone doesn't follow them, I'd absolutely recommend that you do. But I was on Visual Capitalist, um, uh, their their Twitter page, and they posted a graphic, and you mentioned there about eBay, so I'm just going to bring this up. Um, and the mo and according to to them, the world's most searched consumer brands, and they got their their information from uh, business financing. So the so UK, and I'm but listen. The stats don't lie sometimes, right? But the most searched consumer brand in the UK is eBay over Google. Wow. I mean, wow. if who am I to judge them? You know, I'm just going with what I would think. But that is massive. The mm. most searched consumer brand in the whole of the UK is now accepting crypto. Incredible, incredible when you put it like that. And you're right in saying it's gone under the radar, as sometimes these things do. Um, Next up, and, and unfortunately, obviously, we, we kind of still have to talk about it. And as you mentioned, it's a horrible situation. It's one that, unfortunately, is, isn't going away at the moment. And, you know, whenever I think about it, I just feel oh, so fed up. And it's, yeah, it's really, really tough for, for people there. Uh, but we've seen the the effect that it's had in the markets. Uh, you, I think we were talking just before here about oil price. And, you know, that pushed up through $100. So it'd be interesting to you know, see where that's trading now. And then when the listeners listen, it could be trading at any kind of number. But how do you see the, you know, the current situation in, from a sort of market perspective? And how have we also learned, I guess, this is a good question, how have we learned from those past events that we've seen from a ge geopolitical standpoint? Uh, and how does that sort of maybe affect, you know, people's investments going forward? Yeah, um, it, it's a really difficult time, isn't it, to, to sort of navigate markets, as we were saying at the start. Um you know, where, where is the bottom? Are we getting a bottom? It's really difficult to, to find that out. Um, you know, on oil, like you touched on there, it's gone gangbusters. 
Uh, crude's now up over $107 a barrel. Uh, Brent moved past 110 today. You know, I think we did predictions a few weeks ago about when we'd reach $100. Way off. Both, way off. I think I said April. That might have been the closest, but still, I don't think we thought that we might um, we might have sort of a war breakout. So that's probably the reason why. But yeah. commodities remain that that sweet spot. You know, they continue to trade higher. Yesterday, Bloomberg's commodity index saw its biggest one-day gain in over sort of 13 years. Wow. Um, so you know, tight supply, high demand. It's really shining through. And I think events like this illustrate the importance of diversification once again. You know, avoiding overexposure to a single asset class when these sort of tensions arise you know these some assets are going to do well right gold um, commodities they're going to weather the storm um, and they often do perform well and while other assets such as you know tech stocks um, they might sort of respond with with higher volatility and might not perform as well so I think it goes to show that having just a small portion of your your portfolio in these assets sometimes can be sort of really useful to sort of weather this out you know you're not going to get hundred times you know your investment with gold but it will certainly sort of help you balance out that portfolio when this sort of difficulty arises um you know sort of uh, i guess you know what you said then is so what what can we do you know what's the next sort of step and i guess you know what can investors do right i think the first thing that we can sort of say here is okay not let's not panic let's sort of zoom out let's remember that investment theses if you're in this for sort of 10 15 years well, maybe there's some opportunities that are rising, but also at the same time, if you have that longer term mindset, let's not try to 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 think about sort of panic selling if you have you know a longer time mindset. If you're a short term trader, you know again, then you, you're going to probably enjoy the volatility, but it's you're going to have to be very selective over those investments. Um, but look forward, you know, try not to let sort of short term headlines impact the mindset. Crypto is a fantastic example of that. You know, so much negativity within the last sort of week or so when we dropped to, what did we get to? As low as about sort of 34000 over the last sort of couple of weeks, now up $10,000 in that time. Um, you know, look to diversify across other asset classes, look at commodities, bonds, if you're wanting sort of some short-term safe havens um, that can really provide that sort of um, stability during, during these sort of geopolitical situations. Um, but I think, you know, for for those sort of worried about the potential impacts that the rest of this could cause i think you've definitely got to now reflect on your own risk tolerance as well and that investment strategy that's really important through this time as well go back to those sort of basics remember those goals etc um but yes you know i think in terms of okay history um looking at geopolitical situations we've said it quite a few times but geopolitical situations don't tend to have long-lasting effects on the market it's usually the sort of the threat of it in terms of what we're getting now this is why we're sort of coming under pressure um and if we specifically look at obviously the russian economy it's relatively sort of small um its equity market is is pretty tiny um global banks have sort of very little loan exposure and own sort of very few uh of sort of russia's relatively small amount of debt as well um and what's also really important to, to sort of come back to as well yes we're probably going to see a bit of an effect on the european markets for the shorter term because they do have that more direct exposure but when we go to sort of US corporates, well, these political issues, I don't believe are going to have much impact at all, if any, on many corporate businesses over in the US. There's a very, very small number of companies with revenue exposure to Russia. Um, I think the, the biggest is, is Philip Morris International. They're a tobacco uh, business and they have about 10% uh, revenue exposure to Russia, which probably isn't surprising. Um, 
but it it doesn't you know it doesn't derail the earnings growth that we're seeing from the US. We've had over thirty percent earnings growth this quarter, um, but as I say, we don't believe that this is going to derail you know equities growth in that shorter term. Of course, look if if things escalate, you know, and as we said, Sam, there's there's a lot that can still sort of change over the next couple of weeks and months as we go on. As we say, it's really difficult to predict where we're going next. But for now, we believe it's a bit of a short-term blip in U.S. equities. It's not got sort of, um, you know, sort of too much um, exposure to, to sort of U.S. equities. Um, so, yeah, overall, we, we think that the sort of the contagion from this moving or spilling over into sort of other areas of the world is, is pretty low right now. Yeah, for, and, and for anyone listening, um, in the bio, if you check out now, I'll put a link to a document where we talked about the previous geopolitical events and the effects that that has on the market. So if you just scroll down, you'll, you'll click that. It's, it's hyperlinked. Uh, and you can have a look at, uh, at that to get a bit of perspective about things going forward. I think that could be pretty helpful. Um, last up, let's talk about March, March Madness. And not the basketball event that happens. I think it's college basketball for March Madness, they call it. But for us, it's going to be about trying to weave our way through the next 30 odd days uh, of this month the last month of the quarter what have you got your your eye on uh, from a sort of scheduled event point of view and, and maybe not um as well but i guess it it probably kicks off with, with non-farm payrolls this this week is sort of the main event scheduled for this week yeah non-farms probably be the big one this week on friday um but just having a look here as well we've got opec coming through mm-hmm. uh wednesday which is obviously today when we're recording this you know, that's going to be a really interesting one, given the situation we've spoken about with oil. Um, they're not really in the camp of wanting to sort of lift supply, but, you know, I feel like they're going to come under pressure. But, you know, they've also um, shown that they're not really, you know, inclined to sort of you know deal with pressure. We've also got to remember that, that Russia is also part of OPEC plus as well. So uh, they're going to be in that mix. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, but yeah, I think it's a macro focus this month, you know, like you say, non-farm, CPI, uh, FOMC, that's obviously going to be the big one. We've also got a few sort of rate decisions coming through this month as well. But yeah, I think another month of uncertainty. Um, how much changes in that time? It's it, it's going to be really interesting, the non-farms. Um, you know, I think a, a slowdown in jobs, that's around our 350,000. Uh, wage growth that's steady about 5.7 percent expected and unemployment stable about four percent cpi it's really difficult to sort of put a put a number on it i think the 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 oil prices that's going to affect obviously inflation at the back end of this year you know the second half um but last time was was obviously the peak so so we'll see but it'll be interesting to see if if those non-farms or that cpi data does really affect you know what the fed are going to do at the fomc um that'd be really interesting that's uh, obviously on the on the 16th so that'll be really interesting to watch got a quadruple witching as well on the 18th of march so yeah lots lots in there um i think that obviously russia you know that russia ukraine that's obviously going to continue to dominate markets um sanctions from obviously both sides restrictions you know all of that that's obviously going to have you know a big part to play I think we're going to see further volatility. I don't think this volatility is going to go any, away anytime soon. Um, like we said a minute ago, I think it's going to be a great mar- market for traders. Um, I think that's going to be something to watch, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. It's still a trader's market. Still a trader's market. That's not to say we can't, as investors, do well in these conditions because as investors, your mindset is longer term. And do you think markets can recover from here? If so, then you know essentially you're, you're getting a bit of a discount 
Uh, it just might not be the easiest thing to time the bottom. If it's not the easiest thing to time the bottom, what do you do? You either reduce your risk or you dollar cost average in. Um, so that's the kind of the approach that I personally would take. In terms of, of sort of, you know, when, when are we out the woods from a technical perspective? Well, just having a look at, at some of the charts and, you know, for the FTSE, unless we're above seven and a half hours and I, I can't really pull the trigger on on, on the longs and, and for the DAX, I mean, maybe even 14,800, right? Uh, 14 and a half thousand maybe is an intraday sort of key resistance level. Uh, and the NASDAQ, which has, has come under more pressure than the other US equity market, 14 and a half thousand is, is such a key level. Uh, and then really for the S&P, it's 4,400. And, and that's, you know, if they break, then I can see a relief rally, a short squeeze. And, you know, maybe there's a few reasons behind that. But, uh, yeah, as long as we stay below, I think the, the bears are an overall control of these markets. Um, but, yeah, be interesting to, to sort of see that. There's a lot of, of key events happening this month. Uh, we talked just before um, uh, about the, the Fed, right, on the, on the 16th. Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, maybe I'm going to tweet it out later you know if they <clears throat> if they're not to raise rates is that bullish or bearish i'd be really interested to get people's view on that and uh, maybe i'll do a tweet about it but that is something we're gonna to have to consider now right um yeah massive month ahead and we'll be there for you won't we josh every every week yeah every step of the way we're gonna be here you know, holding everyone's hands so we're gonna be there don't you worry don't you worry. Awesome. Well, look, guys, we'll, we'll wrap it there for today. As usual, head over to the Etoro Academy where you've got guides, blogs, videos, courses, everything you could want and more. Uh, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, as always. I'm sure we've got a few special guests, more special guests lined up. So, uh, yeah, make sure you like, share, subscribe, give us a rating. Just enables us to essentially the, the way the algos work, push us out there. People then see the podcast, want to come on it. It's a win-win situation. But Josh, thank you very much as always for, for joining. No, thank you, Sam. Thank you everyone for listening as, as always. And yeah, keep our Spotify rating going up. So we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. I hope you all have a great week. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Have a good rest of the week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>